God created marriage. God created it to be solely between a man and a woman. And God created, therefore, family. Therefore, as Christians, we must look at how the Lord has revealed what family life is to look like. Um, To reject that God has created marriage or created family would be to really reject God's design for, you know, not just uh, the, the family unit, but also the human person itself. And it's really a, a non-Christian position. But when we are confronted with some of these words, honor, obedience, subordination, we start to think, well, maybe these are just historically conditioned concepts. You know, Paul was just conditioned by his, his time, but these ideas of obedience and subordination, they couldn't come from God. Because after all, men and women are equal. Therefore, one could not willingly subordinate themselves to the other. And yet, there is subordination and obedience in God. And if we are created in the image and likeness of God, which we are, and the, and the formation, the establishment of the family also bears the image and likeness of God, then that concept of subordination and obedience that exists within the Trinity itself is made manifest within the family. So, we look at the Trinity. Is the Son less God than the Father? Well, no. Is the Son less equal than the Father? No. Both heresies. Is the third person of the Trinity less equal? No. To state that any person of the Trinity, the Blessed Trinity, would be unequal to the other would be heretical. They are co-equal. They are all God. They are all 100% God. One cannot be more God than the other, or that one would not be God. That was not equal. So in God, there is this perfection of unity, each person being Uh, exactly the fullness of of divinity and goodness and perfection as as any of the other. And yet there is subordination. What does subordination actually mean? Because I think that um, to understand what God means by it is potentially different than what we understand by it. Subordination means that there is an order in God, most specifically with within God's will. So the Son subordinates himself to the Father from all of eternity. He trusts the Father's will for him. He's obedient to the Father throughout all of eternity. And even, you know, in the garden, right, when, when Jesus is basically saying, if, if I don't have to do this, then let me know because I'd, I'd really not like to do this, right? Because who, who wants to suffer? Who wants to die? No one really wants to endure that. But Jesus said, your will be done. Because Jesus always subordinated himself to the Father's will. 
he was also, of course, obedient. So when we look at the family then, we have these concepts of subordination and obedience. And, you know, we start first with the children. Children are to obey their parents until they are liberated, as is proper in the Lord. So until that they are free or emancipated, children are to obey their parents. And this is one of the things that children and parents often get wrong. You know, you have an 80-year-old mother telling a 60-year-old son, you have to obey me. No. Once in a while, my mother tries to pull that on me, too. And I say, I'm pretty sure I know the faith better than you. (laughs) I do not have to obey you, but I have to honor you. I am commanded to honor you always. Unfortunately, I, I failed at that many times. But it's something we all struggle with. The obedience when we're young. And why? Because children need to be trained to be obedient to a proper authority. If parents do not uh, uh, maintain this, this link between their authority and obedience, the child is going to be spoiled and ruined. A child has to learn obedience to proper authority. And the parents at that age, right, when the kids are little, are basically teaching the children what they will have to obey once they are emancipated, right? They have to obey legitimate authority, authority, most importantly, the authority of God. And so it's so, it's so important that children are taught obedience. And we don't, I don't think we have a lot of children here. The nine o'clock will be more fun tomorrow. You see all the parents nudging their kids. The kids giving me daggers with their eyes. But it's good for children to learn obedience, and it's the primary command that God wants them to follow at that age, at that state in life. Now, we we go to uh, the question of subordination of wives to husbands. It's a really, really interesting thing. Because again, just like in God, there is not a question of inequality. You might say, well, well then why should we have to be subordinate, right? I'm going to get all kinds of complaints this week. It's a willing thing. You see, the, the problem with understanding how God has set the family, the main problem is men, not women. The main problem is that men refuse to be leaders. The main problem is that men refuse to make sure their wives feel secure and safe and like there's no one more important and no thing more important in their lives than their wife. If a wife knows, you might say, well, Father, you're not married and this proves it. But I've talked to a lot of wives. And if if a wife knows that she is cherished, that her husband always puts her first, her willingness to subordinate isn't that difficult. And in fact, there's even a, a desire, oftentimes, for a man to be more of a leader and to be stronger. I've had many women come to me and say, will you talk to my husband? He's not enough of a leader. I tell him every day. And I say, well, do you think that's helping? (laughs) It's not helping. 
It's hard, right? These relationships between men and women are hard and they're fractured because of original sin, because of the fall. And what men are commanded to do is to love their wives as Christ loved the church, St. Paul. And how did Christ love the church? He opened his arms and was nailed to a cross for his bride. He gave everything for his bride. He suffered and he died for his wife. Now you look at the Holy Family, Mary Joseph and Jesus. Joseph is probably thinking, me? Why do I have to be the one to lead? I'm married to a perfect woman and I'm the foster father of God. I probably shouldn't be the, I'm the one who sins. They don't sin, I sin. I'm the worst of the lot. This is a good mentality for men to have because we know it. We know we are. Every single man married up. I think it's going to get me more brownies. <laughs> but I know men because I know myself and I know many men. And men are always in a position of knowing that in some way they're inferior. And in some way that's true. But in reality, it's not true. But what men are called to do is to be leaders, to die for their wives, to die for their children. And I, I don't mean necessarily literally, but to be willing to do that. But no doubt spiritually. And so, rather than get into the weeds about, you know, subordination and, and all of the rest, what I really want to do is call our men to leadership. It's your job to get your families here. It's your job to get your children here. It's your job to respond at Mass. So, for instance, when I say, the Lord be with you, and you, you're supposed to say, and with your spirit, I want the men to lead. No more mousy men, mealy-mouthed men. Not part I know you don't like to sing. That's fine. But I want you to be leaders here at this parish. And I know some of you are. If you're feeling beat up, that's okay. You're a guy. You'll get over it. So let's try this, men. Lord be with you and with your spirit, okay? And you don't have to yell, but let's be strong. Well, let's try it. The Lord be with you. Good. Strong, firm. The women, the children, everyone needs us to be strong, loving, sacrificial, and putting them before ourselves. This is what Joseph did. This is what God did. What a wonderful example for all of us and something we so much need in our parish and in our world. Please stand.